are you drinking? Because I've got chamomile and I'm like ready to settle in for this one. You're ready to sleep. I mean, I just need a little bit of a chill pill because I'm just so hype about all the <laughs> stuff we're going to be talking about. Uh, I actually do have the um, the stress relief one. So. Oh, perfect. We're See, both on the, I feel like we on are the on the same wave, wavelength a okay, lot lately. Yeah. The first two episodes we had wine because it was like yeah, celebratory, chill. This one we're like... Well, last week, if you missed it, I promised hot takes. You did. And yeah. tea. <laughs> so. So, well, we have tea, literally. Cheers to the tea. Cheers to tea. So, shall we just jump right in? You know, yes, I think we should just jump right in. Because, honestly, we have had some unaddressed stuff that we've just kind of let simmer for a while. Yeah. And I feel like we've talked about it so much that I thought maybe in my body, I felt like we've talked to everybody. Because, you know. Yeah. We found really good friends in the community that we fostered here that we've really been able to like rely on to yeah. to be there for us and be you know helpful in those conversations. But so if we've we haven't addressed anything like actually publicly. Well, we okay. So since last season, like nine season nine, even that season, we were kind of all over the place. There's lots that we were like kind of going through and we were transitioning in. Um. And that was just, you know, last year. And a lot has happened in the past, like, two years. And um, so, anyway, before we get into, like, the subject of the matter, I think the main thing I want to, like, start with is we've already talked now on several occasions about the ancestor thing. Right. However, I mean, if, if people had been following just my personal account, they could see the through line, right? They could be like, oh, okay, I see where this is coming from. I see how Lauren and Adam on the podcast are talking about this. However, if you're just an avid deconstruct pod listener, it may seem a little out of left field, which was an interesting thought of just think Adam and I were just discussing like the conversations we've had in person with people or over the phone with people. And then also... I've had a couple interviews with my friends, like uh, with Brenda um, Davies and um, yeah. So a couple other friends who have like different podcasts, Instagram, different like social platforms. Yeah. Um, and I've been able to kind of talk about the uh, transition of like where we were in deconstructing our faith now into like then atheist and now spiritual and then all this stuff. So it's right. like. If you are just a Deconstruct Pod listener, we love you. Hello. That's great. There's no shame in that at all. But you may not know where all this is coming from. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because you and I are kind of in this cycle, which makes so much sense because of our actual age difference. But I'm like always about a year and a half behind where you're at. And so I feel like (laughs) a year and a half ago. I'm just so elite. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I'm your elder. Oh, my God. Respect your elder. Clearly, I do because I just keep following your path. What do you Um, mean? I feel like about a year and a half ago, you were really trying to like seek out your spirituality. You were like leaning into doing tarot card readings. You were um, doing a lot of like manifestation work. You were doing so much stuff to kind of tap into your ancestry. Well, a lot of it, I think originally was like the tarot specifically was I was really interested in diving into things that I was told to uh, that were like scary yeah and right. a big part of my deconstruction was like basically looking my fear in the face for sure so whatever i was like told to be afraid of just asking the question why and then just trying things on for size so yeah. that was the first thing i think with tarot but yeah. then anyway continue 
So now I've kind of come into my own space where I'm like, okay, well, I don't know that I've never, I don't, I don't think I've ever really like fully claimed atheism. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know that I don't believe that there's anything. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I know there's like a subcategory that's like agnostic atheism and Mm -hmm. I, and it's like a step past just agnosticism. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I feel like that's probably about where I'm at generally. But, um, I think the biggest thing for me is I constantly look at you and I touched on this last week, but I constantly look at you and I'm constantly encouraging you to, you know, lean into your ancestry, lean into the spirituality of, of, you know, the people that you are embodied alongside the people that, um, raised you spiritually and, and physically. And that kind of began feeling a little bit like I was interested in your spirituality because it Mm -hmm. had merit Mm -hmm. and ignoring mine, assuming that it didn't. And that's, and why? And like voice that, voice why? I think basically just, just because like having white ancestors, exactly. like being a there white, you go. being a white mutt or whatever you know, I've called myself over the years because I didn't know what I was. Turns out I'm pretty darn Norwegian. Yeah, you're actually um, not that muddy. No, not so much. <laughs> just really clearly Norse. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like it's such it's such problematic thinking to to only assume that um, people of color have ancestors. Yeah. That's just so that's never going to lead to growth. That's never going to lead to um, people actually coming together and feeling like like we all have something to give and yeah. that. Um, yeah, that we're all equal. And I, so it's like this it's it's like this. Like I said last week, it's like this weird fetishization of like people of color and they're they're like, well, I guess the people on the podcast don't necessarily know. But as you were talking about in your Pocahontas script writing. Mm hmm. It's like that like wild woman of the jungle kind mm-hmm. of energy mm-hmm. that people give to people of color, that mm-hmm. white people specifically attribute to people of color. Mm-hmm. That it's like there's a, there's this mythical, mystical mm-hmm. um, persona about them and their ancestry and their heritage. And that just is perpetuating perpetuating a lot of problems. Yeah. And so to back that up, I think even a step further, I think that idea kind of came to you because of what I had been through. Yeah. So now we can kind of go into the hot take tea situation. If you're here for it still, it's been so long, but yeah, it's officially been a year. Actually. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't realize it had been that long. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was, involved. we really let it simmer. Yeah. We really, we really let it simmer. We yeah. were letting that tea just steep. Um, okay, so a year ago, I went on a trip with a bunch of friends and that were in this community, deconstruct community, ex-evangelical community. A lot of those girls don't even, like, even identify with calling themselves ex-evangelical. I don't even technically anymore. But anyway, just to give you a gist. So I went on a trip and then there was a big blow up on social media about it. I don't really care to go too far into that. But of course, Adam, if you ask me certain questions, I'm going to answer the question. Yeah. But, but I will say what was really problematic was that a photo was posted online and people had a problem with it because there wasn't enough. Essentially, there wasn't enough representation for them 
but it wasn't meant to be an ad. It wasn't supposed to like represent anything. It was just the people who were there. Yeah. Anyway, well, and it wasn't I, even all the people who were there. It wasn't there, even but... all the people who were there. But I'm get it. I don't want to get into the weeds. Essentially, people were saying that all the people were white. This was like a white trip, which is a problem in and of itself because there were people who were not white on the trip. Right. Including myself, who was in the photo. Right. And including another person in the photo who was also not white. Right. And then someone else who was not pictured who was not white. But anyway, saying it's all white girls trip and completely overlooking anyone who was not white because we were not black. So that's where the issue started like beginning. Yeah. And I have talked about in multiple interviews now that a big issue that I kept coming up against was the term white passing. And to me, when that was, I've used that term myself. I have called myself white passing. Now I don't feel like I don't, I don't like that term anymore because it was, I was essentially bullied with it. I was completely like erased well, from the picture. And I think there needs to be a caveat term. to that because it wasn't just in general, you were bullied with that. It was specifically, I mean, the people in the comment section was 80% white savior complex people. Like yeah. they were white allies that were calling people of color white passing and erasing yeah. any heritage, any history, any experience that you've had. Yeah. Because to them and their perception from a white body, you looked more like them than someone who would be darker or black or whatever. Yeah. And so like they were projecting this whiteness onto you. And that for me is where the problem really lied. Because yeah. like if, if you were being called out by other people of color, I could see that being something that, you know, maybe you need to wrestle with what the trip was to you and what the representation came across as in the photo. But again, that, the trip was just a girl's trip and the but representation it was, a girl's trip. was not, and, and it, it was wasn't about, meant to be anything. It was about liberation in a different sense. Anyway, it was about like we had all lived through purity culture. Yeah. It was Every, a sexual all, all shame. The girls on the trip had lived through purity culture and we had survived purity culture or rising above it. And so it was like a celebration of overcoming that and like the patriarchy and things like that. And then it completely blew up and it, was, it got derailed, got derailed. And and it was the first time that a lot of you had posted anything about celebrating wins mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. this deconstruction, unraveling, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Now, I will say I do. I, I like to pause and say that my specific community, because my little corner of the Internet was really supportive and like on like on my Instagram. Yeah. Really supportive. Um, I don't really know what happened on the Deconstruct Pod Instagram. I think I, there was probably a little bit of fallout there, but it doesn't really bother me because like you can come and go as you please, essentially. This is like your journey. Um, but yeah, I, there, uh, the bigger picture, the bigger conversation was happening on other people's Instagram and other people's like articles and like their podcast i mean gosh there's like other people making podcasts about this that have nothing to do with it right which is crazy um but anyway so i think 
what really hurt was like the erasure part of that. Like I wasn't dark enough to matter. I just the whole trip and all, all the people there were completely whitewashed. That was painful and hurtful in and of itself. However, what I'm trying to connect is what I experienced and what I saw was happening throughout the comments was like you mentioned, there was a bunch of white people who were commenting these things saying, I'm tall, skinny and white. So I, you know, I don't know what this is really about. And I don't really I don't know if I have a voice here. Mm. I don't know. Um, if I can fully understand. And so it's like only people, specific people of only specific people of color who they deemed colorful enough <laughs> to speak on the issue or could have understanding, could have understanding. Does that make right. sense? Like they were the only people you, you had to be pass a certain test to be able to carry any weight in the conversation. And but to it be wasn't able to even that. It just, I, I wish I could like remember exactly how it was like verbalized, but people were essentially saying they had no critical thinking because they were white Mm. and they had no spiritual, like they had no um, inner guidance. They had no intuition. They had no blah, 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 because they were like, you know, only giving power to. And again, this is in that specific community. I think in the large grand scheme of like, the world oftentimes we know like the white patriarchy the white like colonialism it's like living strong today but in this little bubble of this evangelical deconstruct let's just call it like the woke culture and again that's like its own people are like tearing apart those words now too and like you can't say anything right i mean honestly it really it's everything keeps changing and i got to the point like I feel like right now even where I couldn't say anything like there was just nothing to be said because everyone would just tear you apart and you had like you would just get canceled. Yeah. And that's like a terrible feeling. Well, for sure. And and it puts so much responsibility. It puts more responsibility on the people of color in the comment section in any space like that at all yeah. to now educate and speak for these people like there. It, it's just like. Maybe those people that don't feel like they have an, a real voice and a real opinion that could be beneficial or helpful to the conversation need to do yeah. more critical reading into the works that have already been put out by authors who do have that experience. Yeah. So that you can maybe lend a little bit of um, helpful wisdom There was in, only in a way that, that maybe you couldn't glean for yourself as a white person in the world. There was only one person that anyone was like, trying to learn from and listen to and they weren't even in the fucking picture yeah and that's what was like so like frustrating to me and maybe i I know we want to specifically try to tie tie this back to what we were talking about earlier but oh yeah just it's just such an obvious picture of exactly what people almost seek out in a place like a church that they just left they wanted to have no voice and no opinion so that they could be led by the select few Mm -hmm. that they felt were had valid um training learning whatever life experience to be able to tell whatever boxes were the new boxes that gave somebody permission to say what they want to say and also to make sure that you feel like you don't have any sort of self-identifying discernment so okay all all i 
what I keep trying to say is I kept just noticing everyone giving up their power. Yeah. And people trying to convince me to give up my power. Mm-hmm. And essentially erase me from the conversation, erase me from the picture, like all these different things, me and the other person of color in the in the photo. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> and I saw like all these white women saying like they had like they they couldn't essentially think for themselves because they were white. So they couldn't think critically about the situation. And that just like really frustrated me because I was like, if since this conversation was mostly led by like white women anyway, I was like, can you please think? for yourself actually because that would be great because if you're the one talking please think for yourself like please critically think about the situation because you're hurting people and it made me just realize now tying it back with the ancestors thing when I'm when I was going through this whole situation and I was talking to my friends who were also in the photos I had this you know this one time where um, I was actually I was talking to Brenda and she was like, well, can uh, she basically asked me to pray to my ancestors for something for her, I, I, on her behalf, on her behalf or something. I don't really remember. It was like something like that around this time. And and I said, well, what about yours? Mm-hmm. And she kind of had the same reaction, I think, kind of to you or as you were. You're just like, oh, I didn't even really consider mine. Like I didn't even think about my ancestors try to include that like as if she had never considered the fact that she really even has ancestors Mm -hmm. i mean i know she's like she has now and she's definitely gone on her own journey and whatever but it just made me realize i was like oh is that what's going on here is that like the lack of intuition the lack of critical thinking like is that what's happening in this conversation and maybe the majority of white people (laughs) i'm like Y'all, you have ancestors to tap into. Please tap in. Yeah. Well, Please tap in. Because like I know specifically as we've talked, as you've really leaned into your own spirituality, you have you have really relied on the wisdom that your ancestors, your family has given you and not just your yeah, so brown ancestors. I was going to say, I was like, look, I'm mixed. So not I just your indigenous ancestors. Don't just have brown ancestors. And I listen to both my brown and my white ancestors and they're equal, (laughs) like they're equally wise and they're equally like my ancestors. So anyway, I just thought that was that like opened me up into this new path of being like, whoa, you know, everybody's got them, right? Like you come from somewhere, like we all have lineage and we all have power and we all have intuition and whatever you want to call it. Like we all have that. Yeah. And I think from those conversations kind of led into our conversations because at the same time I started, I was also going through a lot of my own process of reclaiming mm-hmm. my indigenous heritage and my spirituality that came naturally to me as a really young kid and then, you know, was really stifled through religion. And so part of my reconstruction, if you want to call it that, is, has been a lot of like that reclamation and, and, talking to and discovering my ancestors and all that stuff so i think through that and through those conversations with some of my friends and this what did i call it again the when you try to do something it's like oh on purpose no the cancellation attempt the attempt at cancellation there we go okay so the attempt at cancellation which i'm like at this point i mean 
I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not as scared now, but I think I was more scared that I was like getting erased at the time. Yeah. Well, and that's, the, I'm like, that's a generational trauma. Well, that, that is, that is <laughs> the crux of what colonization was, which yeah. is why decolonizing your faith, even if you have faith is like the first step and the most important step, because it's not just that. Yeah. It's not just that, um, you immediately, like if you talk to your grandparents like they're gonna have like these ancient practices like memorized right. they don't know they don't all speak algonquin they don't all you know have practices where they're doing ritualistic beating or like anything like that like it's beating your b-e-a-d yeah beading bead, bead work beading <laughs> yeah. um it's all it's all in the past it's all pre-colonialization yes or colonization yes and so it's like when you are working on this decolonization work and you're trying to tap into the ancestry of your people, you have to still push through a lot of Christians. You, st- you yeah. still have to push through a lot of um, modernized <laughs> and whitewashed yeah. indigenous heritage to get to it. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, yeah, I mean, same. Mm-hmm. There's more effort and I have to go further back. But like, I mean, there's my my heritage was rooted in paganism which was probably something before that and it's just like if you push back far enough it's easier now than ever to find out yeah the history yeah like i feel like it's just ignorant and maybe a little bit like um what's the word i'm looking for like you have a superiority complex still Mm -hmm. just only believing that an indigenous woman is the only person who can tap into her spiritual heritage. Yeah. Yeah. Like do the work, lean into the practice. For me, I found so much validation in my own veganism, which is an, its own interesting thing. Yeah. Going back to the roots of animist paganism where I'm like, Oh, so the Vikings and whatever, they were brutal and terrible. But, uh, a lot of the time, like 90% of the time they were, they were vegan and plant-based because mm-hmm. they believed that everything had an identity. Everything had consciousness. And so they didn't, it was. It's funny because like it's Christianity, like affirmed my veganism in the very beginning because mm. <laughs> I went vegan whenever I was still a Christian. Yeah. And so I was like, well, the garden of Eden, duh. Like, I don't know what else you can look at. Like that's the way it was designed it's the way it was meant to be yeah so i mean even though technically i feel like we're not the perfect vegans anymore but i think we're better people though we are better i agree i agree yeah we're not perfect anything yeah the other day when we got a question about or like a pushback on us being like atheist like we're not exactly atheist like that's not the definition of atheism i'm like Honey, I'm not going to be the definition of anything. <laughs> so you can, yeah. you're just going to be disappointed if you're looking for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, just like thinking through like this conversation and through like what happened. Um, like, I hope I gave enough context to where people understand. Yeah. Well, I think and I hear think what I'm saying. Of- because if you're hearing this and you don't know what happened, like, I hope you can just, like, hear through the details and maybe connect some dots or, 
if you do know what happened and you have heard of the situation then like i hope i also hope it makes sense like i hope you hear me and i hope especially when it comes to the white passing and like essentially people saying like i'm not black passing i hope you hear what i'm saying i hope you hear what i mean that you don't want to have to quantify or qualify your because your voice if we're just talking about shades of people like i just it, that gets really messed up <laughs> like it's, it's just really messed up and that was happening to me in yeah. this situation and i've made a whole video and this was like year a couple of years ago now but i still stand by it and it's titled brown identity white privilege yeah and so i feel like if anybody really is like confused by like where i stand then like you can watch that video maybe i can link it in this in the show notes yeah um and so know that like i i understand that but in this conversation in this like whole situation that happened i was begging to be seen and heard as a native woman as an indigenous woman there's another woman who was like begging to be heard and that was also a person of color and we just kept on coming up against silence or um, people in our DMs. Or I know specifically asked, for me. You were asked constantly why you weren't just falling in line with. The, I was asked why I didn't fall in line with the uh, the the chosen person of color. Right. To be to speak about all this because there was only one that people were really wanting to listen to, which um, that's the thing like people of color we're not a monolith like indigenous people are not a monolith like no like it we're not a monolith so yeah there was at one point an indigenous woman who was like mad at me for not just like siding quote unquote with the chosen person of color um and that's hard and that's hard for so many reasons but like there was reasons there was like i have my own personal journey with with this with that whole situation and so that was like hard to well and to be told that like the only way that you were allowed to have a voice have a voice is if i just agree if i just become like if you agree if i just well if i just decide to like side with the tokenized person of color yeah and that's it's that leads into even like a deeper, bigger conversation. But I think it's part of it. I think this is all part of it. That this is all part of the conversation. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. So I hope I don't know. I hope it was like clear that it. I don't think that being white passing blanket statement. I don't think it th- it means not black passing, but I in that situation that's exactly what they meant it's what they were looking for yeah well and it's not like we're unaware of colorism either like obviously i i think you even you even issued your own apology through through that entire um event that was kind of transpiring over the course of a few months yeah and you you did i mean you i felt very deeply for people who were hurt by the situation and so right who felt who who saw it through their own lens and everyone has the right to do to see it through their own lens who are hurt through the lens that they saw through yeah and i i'm always sorry for anyone who's in pain and who's hurting well because like the thing is too like like you just said you are not a monolith like there are so many different expressions of life experience 
that are altered and changed by the color of your skin by yep. the features that you have from any given totally um culture it's like it just yep. it's just going to be that way yeah but it's uh, nuanced but it's but it is nuanced and it's especially from my opinion as a white person it just makes me so angry that white people again were trying to put the bounds and the restrictions on who was allowed to have a voice yeah and they were trying to segment everything into whose voice mattered the most yeah versus who should just fall in line and that that to me is what comes of being in a place where you don't respect your own your own heritage your mm-hmm. own ethnicity when you yeah. don't lean into your own ancestry because all you're going to do then is you're going to look for the most obvious version of someone that you can look at and say they for sure have something interesting that their their grandparents and their great-grandparents went through that would lend them some wisdom in life that's going to be reflective of that whoever's experience and it's going to inform the way that they'll live and interact with people and that's tokenizing right yeah i don't think there's any way around that no so i guess like all of that to i mean all of that is addressing just like the event that happened totally Um, and i think that kind of bleeds out into a little bit of why we've both been on the journey that we've been on yeah i i honestly just like I kind of want to know what your personal experience was with some of that, because I know, I know that in the midst of all of that, you were really seeking out what you could connect with in your, in your heritage. And like, I know you were getting a lot of DMS that were really supportive. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. did you, did you feel well supported? I I know you had mentioned that our community was pretty um, kind to you and was um, understanding like what, Kind, what was they that just, experience for you? Or they just left silently, which I pre- I'm like, whatever. Yeah, that's also good. But yeah. like, I'm just curious, what what did that, how did that event push you into a different season? Well, it fucked me up for a while. Yeah. So, I... Understandably. Yeah. It was traumatic. Yeah. It was really traumatic. So... It wasn't until really I got the uh, opportunity to be the screenwriter for the Missing Matoka project that I had to just that you felt validated in your kick own. everything back into gear. Yeah, so yeah. this all happened. The situation, the Joshua Tree <laughs> trip <laughs> happened a year ago, and then. Um, I was approached to rewrite the script of Pocahontas uh, in March, the following, so October to March. Yeah. And in that time, well, it was actually, all this drama was actually brought back up again in the spring as well. So I don't know where that landed with the Missing Matoka project, but like I said, it did fuck me up for a while and it just made me feel weird because i was also told by um a friend ish in this community uh a white woman she told me that like well she told me like i was responsible for erasing my ancestors and she also told me 
that I should be, if I wanted to be res- essentially be respected as an indigenous person, that I need to behave online like this other person, which she had mentioned in her message to me. And when I went to go look at their page, this person's page that she said I should behave more like, it wasn't another indigenous person, but they were like really obviously indigenous. Do you know what I mean? Like their account was about being indigenous. Like Like their identity online revolved around their indigenous heritage. Yeah. Like every post was like um, a piece of their culture. You know, like it's either like teaching about like the language or teaching about a certain tool that was used or certain dance. Like it was all about it was like essentially an educational slash living experience of being an indigenous person. Okay, so she had just kind of taken that wound and that's kind of always open as an indigenous person. If anyone's indigenous listening, you like you, you know that like the wound is that you have to prove your indigenousness in order to be indigenous. And so like there's this like long line of like um, like generational trauma of having to prove who you are yeah. where the only people group like we have status cards like we have like. Yeah. We have to prove like quantifiable amounts of native blood in our body. And like nobody else has to do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's not a normal thing for people. And so to to have to like be to be told by someone that I had respected in the community who told me like I was responsible for erasing my ancestors and that I should behave more like this person who was like very obviously indigenous it was hurtful and it like made me not want to prove myself Mm -hmm. which is very classic lauren move um and but in doing so because to me my rebellion was i have nothing to prove to you right colonizer like i've got nothing to prove to you and so a part of me like a big like my indigenous side of me was like, fuck you. I, I'm not even going to talk about it. I just am indigenous and like, you can get the heck out of my life. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, I was very like rebellious in that. And I think the way that that kind of went in my body though, was that I just kind of stopped talking about things Mm. because then I was like, well, if, if I'm just being like, tokenized when i do talk about it and oh now she's talking about indigenous stuff and now like it just made me uncomfortable you're being like penalized when you don't talk about it yeah it just it felt weird i was like i don't want to be tokenized and i also don't want to be like yeah penalized for not talking about it and so it just made me like so uncomfortable in my own body and in my own like heritage and how i should show up online so like like i said to answer your question like it did fuck me up and so when I was approached about writing, rewriting Pocahontas' script, it was like such like an honor, but it was like also terrifying. And I also had to just be like, yeah, you're indigenous, bitch. Like, let's do this. Like, yeah. you got this. And then that was its own thing. You know, and I've had like countless of interviews now about that, which has been really cool, has been really cool. And I've gotten to talk about 
indigenous joy and pain and like you know I I have fully like embraced that side of me it really helped me like dive back into that with like confidence and I had to because I had to channel Pocahontas when I was writing so I had to like be fully present with myself but also like present with her story and also think about every other indigenous person ever when I'm like writing this very monumental yeah amazing thing which again I'll 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 put the a link to that in the show notes as well but I feel like that's I mean I know this you this you took on intentionally Mm -hmm. but but even that like expectation of you to be talking about the past constantly and Mm -hmm. be talking about your hurt and like asking for some sort of like like i it just seems to me that like that's such a i mean obviously it's such an irresponsible thing to tell somebody yeah but like Uh, yeah you are you're asking somebody to not only prove themselves constantly but to but to sit in the suffering to sit in the pain when you were rewriting the missing matoka project the pocahontas script i mean i saw you go through such gut-wrenching heart-wrenching emotions yeah trying to be present in that story and mm-hmm. and for somebody to tell you that that's the way that you need to exist all the time yeah to be able to uh, be allowed to be an indigenous identity is just right. completely mind-blowing yeah that's something that i talked about in a podcast interview recently that i did um for the project but also it's something that i talked about on indigenous people's day yeah was that we don't we indigenous people we don't always want to be talking about the past we don't always want to be talking about the pain like we're also allowed and like we should be celebrated to talk about our joy and our life now and the culture that lives and exists today and i think i feel like it's just not i feel like the fact that we are force to in order to be seen we have to talk about the past Mm -hmm. is still such a mythical mystical creature tokenizing wildcat in the woods mentality that people still have about indigenous people as if we're people of the past right yeah and it's just that's harmful in and of itself i think too like and maybe this is maybe this is something that is the cause as to why so many white people don't feel like they can do anything for themselves to better themselves. But like, I feel like that sentiment to me means that like, if you have grown, if you have conquered the thing that brought you pain, Mm -hmm. if you are healed, if you are happy, Mm -hmm. you don't get to just be happy. Mm -mm. You immediately have to turn all your energy and efforts into looking at somebody else's sadness and somebody else's pain and Mm -hmm. somebody else's problems. And you are required to, to basically solve their problems next. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like white people get a pass on this because there's not really any historical pain and problem for white people, especially not in the States. And so it's like white people, because we are just existing and always needing for me, I'm always trying to find somebody to help and somebody, some way to like, divest some of the power that i've been given just by being born in america i feel like white people are overlooked in the in the woke culture spaces because it's just assumed that they're doing the effort 
and they're doing the work of trying to help aid somebody else's pain and suffering. But then when they see somebody who they could identify as a marginalized and hurt identity or hurt person, and they see you after the pain, after Mm -hmm. reclaiming your joy, Mm -hmm. and they just see you sitting in that, I feel like it brings up some sort of anger. It's weird. In people because it's like, because even, even with that picture, it was, there would not have been the outrage if you weren't celebrating your own, your own freedom from purity culture and Mm -hmm. sexual shame. Mm -hmm. I don't think there would have been the same. They needed to find something. People needed to find something to be angry about so that they could, they could hold you responsible for helping somebody else's pain rather than celebrating your own successes. Mm. And I feel like that's just when you are a person of color, that's mixed, that's lighter than some it's just you become a beacon of somebody who could potentially be beyond their hurt. Yeah. And now they're wanting to hold you to the responsibility yeah. of fixing somebody else's problem and being in the anger and mm. being in the hurt. Yeah. And I, it's still just like tr- a trauma in me, but I just got to say it. I am perfectly colored for being Ojibwe. I'm just like, just saying. For sure. I'm like, the co- I'm like right in the middle. So like, I don't know. It's just so messed up that people are just so yeah. about shades. But yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I think that being another thing that I like had mentioned is that being an indigenous person, an indigenous creator, an indigenous, whoever, whoever you are, whatever, whatever you're doing, if you are indigenous, what you do and what you create is indigenous and it doesn't have to be about pain. And also it doesn't have to be about like your culture. Like Mm. you don't have to talk about indigenous things to be indigenous. Like it's also no one's business because a big part of my, like what I experience as my spirituality is very sacred to me. And I don't share a lot of that. I don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. it's my it's mine and so this woman who was like asking me to prove it and to put it online in order to be seen as indigenous I'm like well that's sacred to me so so no how dare you right um but yeah i just i i just want to assume that there's an indigenous person listening at all <laughs> i hope you are yeah. um and if you are like no matter where you are where you live or what you look like or what you're creating if you're indigenous you're indigenous and that's nobody's fucking business like nothing it's like nothing else matters like yeah. you can you can bead you can go to powwows you can fancy dance you can do all those things you can speak your language or you could do none of that and you're still indigenous like yeah facts on facts so that's it that's all i got to say so that was my experience of joshua tree and the cancellation attempt i have the word now yeah the cancellation attempt um, that ensued that ensued and um how it affected me and yeah but now and I, got I just them- got a little bit more protective and angry <laughs> when <laughs> after following oh. that the amount of stuff that i just right like how it kind of 
I, I shouldn't say angry. It didn't make me more angry. It uh, made me more... You kind of angry. Angry is not a bad emotion. No, for sure. I feel like it, it emboldened me to say the things that came up when seeing you confronted the way that you were. Yeah. It didn't, it didn't make me angry. Post it. I mean, the things that people said to you made me angry. Yeah. But I don't think the event itself made me more angry. I think it just yeah gave me the confidence and the energy needed to to speak against yeah. that. I also made some really amazing friends. So yeah, me too. So a lot yeah. of people we consider family at this point. Truly. So I'm I'm grateful. I don't regret anything. No. So yeah. <laughs> So that's the tea. Jesus. Ah, I'm scared. I'm scared to put this out. Nah. I hope people hear me and like understand. Like I said at literally episode one, this is for us at this point. Like, Okay, but there's people listening and we're happy. Okay, you keep saying that, but I also do want to note, like, we love that you're listening. Oh, for sure. But it I feel means like, the world to us. I feel that like you, you will always benefit, you, the people in the camera. <laughs> I feel like you will always benefit. I can't wait benefit. to edit that. <laughs> <laughs> when, when we're having the conversations that feel true and feel like they are how we feel in the moment because like i think i think like you said before too i think it was a post that you did on on our account it's like it takes a lot of bravery to have a strong opinion and it takes even more bravery to have a strong opinion and then also go back and just say you know what i was wrong about that like facts like it's like real like Like, please if we're saying things out of line that are really problematic don't come at me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> maybe, maybe don't come at us but maybe a maybe, maybe a dm like be, no no maybe just be like hey look i didn't agree guess what you can disagree quietly nobody sure. has to say i mean like whatever everybody has the right to say whatever they want to say yeah. but at the same time you also can just like be like mm, didn't love that episode mm, didn't agree there yeah. and you don't have to fucking say anything yeah i think that's something i've learned too like throughout this whole experience because we don't need to go into it because it's already a long episode but yeah this has really changed like sociopolitical, like what kind of friends that I like, I'm, I feel comfortable with, like what kind of like yeah. language I feel comfortable with now. Like I don't like walking on eggshells and I want to be around people who don't make me feel that way. Yeah. Who don't make me feel like walking on eggshells. Um, and so that's really been reflective of like, the accounts i follow now and that i really enjoy maybe one day we'll bring on some guests that will piss some people off but you know what actually our community is actually pretty dope yeah no y'all are good <laughs> i feel like you guys don't when i say that this podcast is for us it's because it's we like for know, the collective us we know that y'all are gonna always support us and always like have our backs yeah and also and step if you in and say something if if we're really like problematic it, and yeah I, and true, i can and true. i can take that with confidence knowing that you guys have been there yeah you guys have been confidants for us you have been in conversation with us that i know that you are good like you're not just trying to come at us but one day if we're like really huge and we like can't keep up with all the comments like you know what just keep we're just gonna keep on trucking yeah you know who knows bless up bless up (laughs) (laughs) to what 
what what we're blessing up, I don't know. But to you know, what? To fine. whom? To your highest self. To whom it may to your concern. High, to, to bless up. <laughs> yeah. Well, you guys, I'm sweating. I'm fucking sweating. So we're gonna go. But thank you so much for listening, for watching. If you are on Spotify and YouTube, we love you guys so much. Y'all are um, the best. Tune in next week for more. Hot All takes right. tea. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? We love you. Until next time. Bye. Bye.